The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who is shepherd to my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Well, today is one of those days in the church year where we have a lot to celebrate. Yesterday, January 6th, was the feast day of the Epiphany, which we are celebrating today. The day when we recognize the three wise men, the Magi, who traveled far to meet the Christ child. And it is also a day where we celebrate the baptism of Jesus because of the way the calendar is working this year. There's kind of a lot mushed together. So today we remember the Magi and we will also remember the baptism of Jesus and today is traditionally a day when we baptize in the church. So we will be baptizing Wesley today and we are looking forward to that. I'm reminded of a post I saw about baptism on an Episcopal website that showed a baby with a wet forehead with just the biggest frown of angry disgust on his face. And the caption was, so this guy in a dress tried to drown me and I kid you not, my family just stood there taking pictures. I had a friend ask me when we were talking about baptism, isn't it just the sprinkling of water on the person's forehead? What really does that do? In some traditions, you do. You, you do immerse the person or the baby in water, so you're dunking them completely in water. But, uh, and the, the whole idea of that is, is connected to being born again, because when you go underwater, you hold your breath. And then when you come up out of water, you, you gasp for breath, and it's like you're being born again with this new breath. Well, we're not going to do that with Wesley today. In our tradition, we pour water over the person's head. And it's a little more than a sprinkling, so I take, I take offense at that. We bless the water beforehand, and we use the water as a sign that this water represents, it represents the invitation of the Holy Spirit of God to come and be in, in that person's life, okay? And we, see, we hear a lot about water in, in biblical passages. We have the Israelites are saved by, by the parting of the water there, um, um, and the Red Sea, right? Remember that? And there's a lot of other references in the Bible of where water is this cleansing, saving um, uh, 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 element. So water is very important. Very often in the church, when asked about the most difficult questions regarding our faith, we are met with that answer, well, it's a mystery. Like, what happens at baptism, or communion, or do angels exist, or what does resurrection mean? How can Jesus be God and a person all at the same time? What exactly is the Holy Spirit? And believe me, the people you can't say, well, it's a mystery to, are children. Because they ask you point blank, very hard questions, and you have to answer them. So working with children is always, always complex. And sometimes explaining the mystery in in very definite language to adults sounds unbelievable. We as the church are part of something very ancient, and we have to always remember that. And ancient should never be confused with quaint. 
Because we are in modern times, now called the post-Christendom era, where Christianity is no longer prominently a part of everyday life, but, but because we are still products of what is called the Enlightenment of the 18th century, where science and empirical knowledge uh, was revered more prominently, we sometimes forget in our rational thinking that for most of civilization since time began, there was the acknowledgement of otherworldly things. Now, some might call this supernatural. We now sometimes blanket and categorize this as spiritual. But the acceptance that there's other things going on out there that we can't see or maybe even know in the sense that we can prove it by a photograph or, or scientific knowledge, this is a gray area for us sometimes. So we just say, well, it's a mystery. And you know what? It is a mystery. Even Einstein didn't have all the answers and conceded that there are things out there in the universe that cannot be explained. But this does not mean it's not real. Certainly the writers of the New Testament and the Hebrew scriptures did not exclude mystery from the definite. The same with our tradition coming from the Middle Ages where saints quite often spoke of angels or otherworldly interventions. And the participation in our lives by the Holy Spirit is all throughout the New Testament. And so our scripture and our tradition still speak to us through symbols and in the sacraments because this is how we articulate in indefinite physical terms that mystery. So January 6th, like I said, is when we celebrate the Epiphany. And this is a remembrance of the three wise men. You can see them kind of making their way to the manger over there. They came from the east and they followed this star to Bethlehem. This encounter represents the revelation of Christ to the whole world. Remember, they came from other countries. They came from afar. The wise men, are, or the magi, were people of science, likely astronomers, who were able to see God's work in the world alongside their scientific knowledge. They did not see an either-or choice. So in other words, they could have faith in God and God's revelation and also believe what their rational scientific discoveries told them. They put them both together. And today, many see the belief in science as an opposition to belief in God. And this either-or binary view should not be the case. Scientific discoveries can affirm the vastness and the reality of God's work in this very, very complex world. In medieval times, we found out that the sun and the planets did not revolve around us, and this changed the way that people thought of themselves in relation to the universe, because this new knowledge, hum, this, with this new knowledge, humanity began to think of themselves as unstable in the scheme of things, making God seem more distant and not there with you, right? So if the earth wasn't central, then humanity wasn't central. If humanity wasn't central, could we then believe the creation stories of the Bible? 
The Magi remind us that the answer to this question is, of course they can, and of course we can. Scientific revelation works hand-in-hand with faith and spiritual revelation. Some say that the birth of Jesus is like another big bang where something new has happened to the cosmos and to the meaning of our existence. The world took a new turn, as did our purpose as human beings. There's a hymn that we sing in this season called In the Bleak Midwinter. In fact, the choir will sing an anthem with the same lyrics today. It is about coming to the manger, wondering who we are in all of this. Amidst the angels, the shepherds, Mary, the wise men, and the whole of what is revealed on this day. The final verse goes like this. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet, what can I give him? Give my heart. In this new year, when people often like to start new healthy regimes, we too can start afresh. We can, we can learn to move from our heads to our hearts. What do we see when we are presented with Jesus again? What will we give? What will we proclaim with our gifts? Can we believe that we have purpose and that the vastness and the unknowable of both God and science can work together to help us explain that purpose so that we can live lives of of compassion and wonder and awe and love? Baptism is the start of a new beginning of acceptance of this mystery, of new revelations, being open to new revelations, to wonder, to awe, and openness to new discovery. So you may be asking me on this day when we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, why would Jesus need to be baptized? I thought he was, I thought Jesus was perfect, God incarnate. And if you keep up with the Christian calendar, Since Christmas Day, there was a lot of celebrations in the church, which we didn't always observe. The celebration, of course, of Christmas, the incarnation of God born among us. Then Jesus is named, and that happens on January 1st. There's a feast day of the holy name when Jesus is given his name. Uh, And Jesus, the name Jesus, stems from the Hebrew, Hebrew word for deliverer. So Jesus is given his earthly identity as the son of Mary and Joseph. And then we celebrate the Epiphany today where the Magi, the wise men from the East, recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. And then we celebrate the good news of the Messiah, born for the inclusion of the whole world into the covenant between God and Israel. And then we also celebrate Jesus' baptism, where he is given his heavenly identity as the Son of God. If you remember the the gospel story when he's baptized, the heavens open up and and a dove comes down uh, representing the Holy Spirit over Jesus as he's being baptized. And then you hear this voice of God saying, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. So Jesus gets his heavenly identity as the Son of God with whom God is well pleased. And in baptism, we are given our new identities. We have been given our earthly identity at birth by our families 
And at baptism, we are given our new identities as Christ's own forever, our spiritual identities. We become members of the church, universal. In, in the creed, we always say that we believe in the holy Catholic church. That doesn't mean we believe in the church next door, which is a Catholic church. It means that we believe in the church universal, and we believe that because we are members of that by way of our baptism. So we're part of an ancient mystery that transcends our day-to-day where these new ID cards, if you will, we receive at baptism. With these ID cards, we have access to participating in something bigger than ourselves. We are part of God's kingdom on earth and God's vision for what is yet to come. It's not that we believe that babies and young toddlers are... are, are, um, Uh, have done something wrong or that we have to give them a new identity, right? It's not that we believe that they're so bad that we need to baptize them. It just means that they are now marked as Christ's own forever. And you'll hear those words today. And that we trust that the Holy Spirit will continue to guide them as they mature into this mystery, into this deeper communion with God, that through the journey of their lives, That even though they may forget, they will always be sons and daughters of God with whom God is well pleased. And this is so much more than a little sprinkling on the forehead. It's also a reaffirmation for us adults as our true identities to remind us of who we are, Christ's own, whether we believe it, remember it, or think about it or not. And that is why we baptize in community and not privately, so that we all can be reminded that we have a responsibility to not only these children, not only the children we baptize, but to all children, all innocents, all those weaker than us because we all belong to Christ. We are reminded that the Holy Spirit, by way of our baptism, landed upon us once many years ago, and we were touched by the Spirit at baptism, even though we have forgotten It was never erased, and the same spirit has been tugging at us ever since, pulling us back when we stray, urging us to make the right choices, helping us to come back to our relationship with God. And that is why today we all will have the chance to renew our baptismal vows together. In the Episcopal Church, we like ritual, we like ceremony, and we recognize that symbols and prayers within the ritual point us to these greater mysteries— One of the ways traditionally that the Holy Spirit interacts with us is through the tangible, through the material world, through the laying on of hands, water, through the bread and the wine, through consecrated materials intentionally set apart for the holy. When we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, it tells us that the mystery, the breaking in of the holy, is not separate from things tangible or definite. John the Baptist needed to baptize Jesus with his touch and with water. So we could understand this, that there's no separation, no spirituality without materiality, science with mystery, and there is a communion of both. As I heard NPR journalist Krista Tippett say once, spirituality is the water and religion is the cup. The two go together. So as we repeat our baptismal vows today, remember, 
The Holy Spirit still hovers over us, breaking through and alighting on us when we pray, when we come to the rail for communion, or sometimes in other unexpected ways. The mystery is a definite reality. Sometimes the heavens open up in divine revelation and we hear God's voice. Sometimes it's through the touch of another. The Magi saw a star. And sometimes it's a gentle coo in our ear, like from a dove, assuring us that we are children of God, with whom God is always well-pleased. Amen.